0: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Look, up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Batman! Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does
1: whatever a spider
2: can
3: Their mission, to fight injustice to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind.
0: I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing.
2: Excelsior!
0: Everyone thinks because
1: you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork grounds coffee coffee to die for and zombie approved it's good to get a little deadly use the
0: front door oh they're so disgusting what
1: sunday we're doing a live show this is going to be an awesome week one we had to come on special just for this amazing guest uh you know and that testing you kept on hearing that was drew checking out his camera uh speaking of that drew how's it going hey everybody glad to be here hope i don't die uh chris how's it going my friend hey
2: what's
3: up
1: chris uh would you like uh to introduce our most awesome guest
3: Yes, from the Suicide Squad books behind me, wherever my thumb happens to be pointing, we have John Ostrander, the writer of the uh, 66 run of the Suicide Squad, on the show with us. Thank you for coming on the show with us, John.
0: Well, it's my pleasure. Now, I have a question for you guys. Yeah? Uh, since I'm the guest, am I responsible for the mature content? Oh, uh, Chris didn't tell you? No. No. <laughs> uh yeah halfway uh, should tell me i'm not doing the nudity you don't want me doing no
1: no no no. uh drew will handle that so uh oh okay (laughs) uh now we can't hear you drew you're muted Uh, let me unmute you scared him off (laughs) uh while uh drew uh figures that off we'll toss it over to you chris if you want to kick us off
3: Yes, John, uh, thank you so much for coming on Splashpages to talk about your amazing run on Suicide Squad, as well as, you know, anything else that you have uh, written in the pantheon of comic books. Uh, we really do appreciate it. My pleasure. One thing I've always wondered, and I've just, uh, last year during the pandemic, I actually uh, tracked down every single issue of your original run and completed it, which was fantastic. And I've been reading it since uh, the beginning of it all. Um, And one of the things I was really curious about was, was DC uh, editorial or, or publish, you know, whoever was in charge of it. Um, telling you who you who you could and could not kill off in the Suicide Squad, or did you have carte blanche to murder anyone you wanted to?
0: Uh, basically, with very few exceptions, I, I had carte blanche because that was one of the rules, uh, and one of the reasons to take uh, C and D list characters was so that I could control them, that I could reinvent them, I could uh, redefine who their characters were, I could take them wherever I wanted. Uh, if I wanted to, de- to detach a limb, I could. And if i wanted to kill them off i could um that was necessary to the very concept of the book and basically i was there to clean house uh for uh, for dc don't forget this was short not long after crisis on infinite earths and then legends which brought me to dc but um the basic idea was uh hi we're the new dc we're wide open we're not your father's dc and we're going to do outer things um, with Suicide Squad, part of the premise and part of the pitch to begin with is that eight characters will die uh, on the missions, not all of them, but, but some will die. Not, maybe not every issue, but it will happen often enough, uh, to validate the name. And secondly, when they're dead, they're dead. They don't come back with one exception. I kept to that rule. Wow. Um,
1: did you want to follow up on that or, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. Um,
3: were, I mean how much was in the back of your head the knowledge of the DC pantheon of uh, characters? Because I know the Who's Who had just come out prior to the Suicide mm-hmm. Squad launching and it came out like as uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths was getting going, then Crisis happened, then after Crisis, it mm-hmm. who was happening what, Was that your Bible for it? Or did you really know who all these uh, obscure characters were inside and out?
0: I knew who a lot of them were but uh mm-hmm. a lot of the time it was uh, who's who was my go-to uh i would flip through the pages see who looked interesting So how deadshot wound up in the uh, in the squad there's only a half mm-hmm. page for him and one and one illustration <laughs> yeah that's the guy that's my yeah, guy that's it that and, uh, and uh i thought he had only a very slight bit of background but what i saw i found interesting <laughs> and uh Okay, Chris. Now uh, you're showing off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, uh, and he had a really cool costume. It's a costume that, uh, that uh, that attracted me that Marshall Rogers, had redesigned for mm-hmm. for a story that he and Steve Englehart had told. Uh, I think it was in Detective, although it may have been in Batman. But uh, I thought the the costume looked cool. Uh, there's some cool things about him, but lots of room for me to add more things about him, such as. Um, he, he's supposed to be a stone gold, cold killer. Uh, I had seen on TV an interview that somebody did with an actual hitman mm-hmm. right and uh, and it was scary the guy he had the deadest eyes of anyone I've seen live or or on TV or, or anywhere you know and his basic feeling was I don't care if I live or die why should I care if you live or die and wow. I could take that. And use that for deadshot. He didn't have a death wish, as far as I'm concerned. But he didn't care. He didn't care if he died. So, uh, so that made him very, very dangerous. I felt.
2: I just felt everybody was wearing glasses, and I felt like the odd man out. Oh. So. Yeah, and I just I don't have the, I don't I don't have the energy to go get my real glasses so I can be part of the sixteen eyes club. So I just grabbed the first thing I had. So yeah they so, no, you, you, oh thank you thank you so much you know i i have expected that you guys thought that when i couldn't come in the chat that i got selected for termination so quickly in the movie you know like the movie yeah. i just watched but nope still here still alive well,
0: good good <laughs> yeah.
2: but yeah. so, so you, think you, us- where you can get them hey so M- mr Ostrander, i do have one question um we're seeing more of the trend of, of comics being adapted into movies Um, You know, you helped write essentially what was the first arc of the Suicide Squad, or at least one of the earliest ones. You know, you guys weren't thinking about that back in the day. You were just thinking like, hi, this is my job. I'm writing these characters. I hope the check comes in the mail. Um, How does it feel when you see the characters
0: on the big screen, much less that you were asked to be in the movie? Yeah, it's like seeing your children leave the house and go out, and they don't tell you where they're going. And um, they get a job, and they maybe they write back. Usually they don't. And uh, so, it's my kids have gone out into the world and are um, playing. Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: John. Most of your career has
0: been at DC Comics.
3: Um, is there any particular reason why you stuck with DC so uh, for for so many projects? I mean, you did do some stuff for Dark Horse and Marvel as well, but DC
0: seems to be your home. Um, I did work. Well, I did work uh, for Valiant. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm well uh uh in fact i was doing it so much for dc that both dc and marvel the guys there thought i was on exclusive contract which i wasn't i just went where the work was you know and i was mm-hmm. getting a lot of work and it got to the point at one point uh, i could do three or four books a month there was one month maybe two where i did like six and that was way too much yeah but,
3: i saw yeah. that on uh, i saw that on the uh comic uh you know imdb whatever it is <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah it uh in fact uh, there's one point where an editor called me up and told me that he'd been left it was um, one of my favorite editors he'd been left hanging he called me on friday about noon and he needed the script by monday you know and so from starting from a flat nothing i mean i knew the book i knew the characters so i hit him with what we call um uh, uh well, anyways, uh, five ideas, real quick. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, a couple of sentences for each one. He told me which one he liked. We sort of hacked out the general plot points. And then I went off and I wrote the entire script in one weekend. And he had it by Monday about afternoon. Wow! That's about the shortest turnaround at, that I ever did. I That's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, the number of characters that, I mean, not just in the Suicide Squad alone, which was a rotating cast of who's who. I mean, all the other books that you, you, you've done as well. It was like, it, it was all, you know, it all kind of really blew up in the heyday of like post-Crisis on Infinite earth. That must have been an amazing time at DC, because it seemed like everyone at writing at DC could get away with whatever they wanted to do just to beat Marvel.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, basically, again, like I said, they were trying to uh, promulgate the idea that, okay, we're not your father's DC. We are uh, doing new things. We're taking characters that you know and exploding them um that's why you have the death of superman you have the crippling of batman you know Mm -hmm. uh uh flash was uh uh didn't come out of uh uh barry allen supposedly didn't survive uh crisis so he so he had a new flash
3: kept him dead for 30 years that's pretty good yeah yeah that's not bad
0: so uh so wally west took over so yeah, yeah. The idea is this is a good time to come on board with DC because you mm-hmm. aren't going to be hampered by all the continuity uh, of it. Um, there was one point a couple of years earlier where um, they talked to me about doing a, a Superman villain, in and um, part of my plot hinged on the fact that for some reason I decided that uh, Clark Kent's favorite meal was was meatloaf you know he's he comes from the midwest you know so, something good simple staple and they said no no he likes beef bour- bourguignon and they went that doesn't sound like clark that doesn't sound like a sign of the midwest there mm-hmm. so, uh so that's that story never got off the ground but now they weren't hampered by the continuity i knew the continuity i respected mm-hmm. the continuity whenever i could but it didn't feel bound every uh, every dot on the eyes, every crossing on the T's. You know, I didn't have to do that all the time. So uh, if 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 keeping to the continuity furthered the story, great. If it didn't, forget about it. And I had the freedom to do that. Not only here, but also uh, we really pushed the limit uh, on that uh, with Wasteland. Mm. Yeah, where we. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Gold, the editor, had said that, um, if we're really successful with this, we will alienate um, a majority of our readership by the 12th issue. Mm-hmm. I guess we failed because we lasted for 16 issues.
3: Where, where was, um, in, in an, it wasn't really till the 90s that the over sexification of women became just out of control. Uh, mm-hmm. In comics, uh, but mm-hmm. in the '80s, it was starting little pieces here and there of like super hot, bodacious, supermodel-looking women in comic books were being drawn. Where did it come from to not do that with uh, Amanda Waller and make her a, you know, in her '50s, overweight black woman?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, we needed a, a strong leader for the for the Suicide Squad to begin mm-hmm. with, someone who is going to be running the show, um, and. I decided that uh, uh, on my own, that I wanted it to be female. I wanted her to be black and I wanted her to be middle-aged. I wanted her to be large, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, The largeness for me also uh, denoted Hep, you know. uh, She didn't have superpowers, that's the other thing. No superpowers, only her will. And to me, you you know, her will backed by that body shape would also make her impressive. But I wanted that because there was no one like that in comics, right? And I felt there was time that it, that there was. And yeah, okay, maybe that's some of my own, libertard, side ness. But uh, 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 no, I'm proud of it because uh, she's a character who's lasted beyond the few years in the '80s when she first showed up. You know, mm-hmm. you know she's been played by viola davis you mm-hmm. know that's that's pretty damn good oh totally as yeah. uh, well,
3: and, and, and much as i love viola davis I I, I I the 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 best version of her has still has to be i think it was cch pounder in the justice league animated series oh yeah, yeah. Uh, just well, such so a voice to, to stand up to batman and just i mean i met her at a convention and she had a photo of her as amanda waller her face next to the animated amanda waller and I was mm-hmm. just like oh my god that is your best role and she's she was she was you know she she was you know g- you know gushing with glad- gratitude over me telling her that that playing Amanda Waller my opinion is her best role
0: well she's she's a tremendous artist and uh, when I was originally uh, I had no voice in terms of casting let me make that clear right off but right. you had asked me who uh who I would have cast uh both viola Davis and uh, and Ms. Founder would have been uh right there right there because right. Uh, both are tremendous actresses uh are physically right for the roles
2: mm-hmm.
0: So um, uh, I just wanted to i, I just want someone who would have that kind of authority i remember right. uh miss from uh from the shield and she had that kind of both strength and moral authority too in that show right. so so that was something that I think certainly plays into who I think about
1: it. Mm. Now, uh, what did you think of the, the portrayal in the most recent suicide squad movie where her character, uh, and I know this takes a lot from the comics, but this is the first time it's really been shown on uh TV or, or, or the movies where her determination, she would kill anybody to get her job done. Uh, they yeah. even mentioned in movies, you know, you kill kids and you know, she, she said she'd do
0: anything. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 she says, "You don't know half of what i've what wow. I've done. yep um, I can see you know where they're going or where that where that came from. She's also like that in in the first suicide squad movie where uh, she just shoots a bunch of uh, of operatives in the back because they didn't yeah. have high enough clearance um, and, and which was cold. That's not what I would have written, okay, but I certainly understand why they're doing it that way mm-hmm. and and their choices with it and Miss Davis plays that too fairly well. I mean, right. they make her really frightening. You know, she's uh, out of this gang uh, of of people. You know, she's she's the hardest, maybe the nastiest of them all. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they would take it wrong that I said so. Um, so, and I and I can see how that's a choice to be made. I I never thought of, of Amanda as quite that bad myself. I, mean, I liked Amanda, mm-hmm. right? but then again, I had to write her a lot, so uh why, why did the they, uh why did the book end i mean was it just sales the death of
3: superman yeah. and and batman's bank breaking of his back had just happened at around that issue 66.
0: yeah no it was uh sales were declining and they felt also you know it, it gets to a point with a lot of books that unless you know it's a superman book or batman or wonder woman you know like there there comes a point where they go well okay um it's either it may be declining it may not just be growing neither just may be flatlining and they say well the town can be used better elsewhere so uh it it happens to most books at some point i think that's how often has the squad been canceled uh since then as well you know um, they,
3: to- i mean they restarted every five minutes we're on volume uh, i could probably look on wikipedia and tell me Yeah, so like, well, seven, and then unless you count the miniseries Get Joker, uh, which is like its own thing over here, the main book is here, let's do Get Get Joker over here in the black, like, label, we can be violent, we can show nudity, they showed the bat dick, you know, things like that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, also they have, uh, are they doing like one-offs or spin-offs? I know they just did a Suicide Squad, King Shark. Uh,
3: yeah. yeah, and they're doing a King, Tim Seeley, who's coming up on the show on Tuesday, everybody, uh, check Yay. it out. Uh, <laughs> Tim Seeley is doing a uh, King Shark miniseries, which is from the perspective of King Shark in, while working <laughs> in the Suicide Squad, uh, which, uh, you know, it's funny because... Over in the regular Suicide Squad book that's currently being run by Peacemaker, Superboy is in that book. And King Shark came from Superboy's comic book in the 90s, Mm -hmm. um, followed by Watery Grave three-parter, which was my first introduction to the Suicide Squad. I was too young to read your book, John, until I was much older. But I was, you know, 14 or 15 when Superboy was debuting on the scene, um, or 13 or 14, and uh, they show up in Watery Grave, part one, two, and three. Now, that King Shark and those three Watery Grave issues, whew, go on eBay, wow. <laughs> so,
2: so, so, John, I had one question. Well, I, I have many questions, but I'm gonna space them out because we have so much time now. Um, uh, and great, and that question is gone. Crap. Give me a second. I'm All right, back. I
3: got a question. Go, John, go, Chris, go, go. Uh, Leo, did you see the movie? Oh, of course, yeah. Okay. Did did you did you see where John's cameo in the movie was?
1: Yes. Yes.
3: Okay. Were you in the you weren't in the first one, right? You weren't in the one for twenty sixteen. No. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, no.
0: Although my name was. Yes, uh, yes
3: which is great because, yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've heard creators complaining, you couldn't even get my name spelled correctly? Did nobody look online? Even on Wikipedia they could spell it correctly. So that that was good that you got your name in the credits for that one. But, the uh, man, oh, the, you know, the, when Jamie's gun puts that first trailer out there with the, which has the actors morphing into their comic book version of the comic book version morph, morphs into them or whatever, I was
0: immediately thinking of your book being like,
3: wow, somebody paid attention. This looks just like the comic.
0: Oh, yeah yeah uh james gunn knows and loves uh the squad uh when he came over to dc they offered him literally anything superman anything that he yeah. to do superman. Uh, do you want to do the next man of steel he said oh, i want to do suicide squad and i said okay and then he said and i want to do anything i want to do in it and they said okay and so, uh, and so he was very pleased you know like he got basically carte blanche to kill who he wanted to, to, to put in. Oh my God, he did. Uh, yeah. I said he wanted to and the gore, you know, uh, it's a really James Gunn film and all the better for it. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: And they use your logo too, which is great. I mean, not, I mean you're, you know the, you know, what I mean? The logo from your book. Yeah. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Now I remember my question though. Um, okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, um I remember in
2: from reading uh, parts of your book, you know, that you were the one who really instilled that 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 Amanda Waller was always in touch with whomever was the president. Like when you first started, Mm -hmm. I believe it was George W. Bush and um, Reagan Reagan Reagan. Reagan. Sorry, Reagan. And then it was Bush and then my bad. Sorry. Thank you, Chris. Or thank you, John. Either one, you know.
3: Yeah, it was in the it was in Legends Reagan. and and Reagan was still president by uh, Suicide Squad number one.
2: Okay, cool. So, because one of my favorite moments is when you had it was George W. Bush, um, the the father, and he was he was talking to Waller, and he I remember he was just going through thing, It was in one page but she got put in her place by him. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. like it it was just so strange to me to see Amanda Waller who, you know, the wall being uh, put in the place by a president. And I'm just thinking like, this is someone who's literally like, she has orchestrated like hostile takedowns of of criminals and teams and whatnot. If she literally wanted you dead, she could make it happen. Mm -hmm. I want it. So what kind of like, like and especially on top of it, like from what I understood of Bush, it was, it was just so in his character. Like I could literally hear his voice saying the lines and everything. Like what uh, what made you
0: tie it so close to the politics? Oh, uh, we, we did that throughout the run. I think you know, uh, mm-hmm. there's always a strong politic uh, uh, edge to it. There's um, international incidents. Um, There's one Mm -hmm. point where I was reading another source was was the newspaper and and magazines just to see what's going on in the world and then to see where I thought it might be in about eight months, which would be when uh, the book would be published. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, there was a friend who called me up at one point and uh, said, John, I'm planning my vacation for uh, for next summer around this time. Uh, where are you sending the squad at that point? Because I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they're off. <laughs> and uh, so I told her, she went somewhere else.
3: Yeah. We're, the bad, we're the most evil, most vilest drug lords. Oh, John wrote about him in the Suicide Squad. Okay, let's not go there. <laughs> Can you imagine, <laughs> and I guarantee somebody at DC wants to do this right now, they want to send the suicides. You know how we haven't dealt with, like, real-world politics regarding oh, real God. nations we in comics for a very long time? And, um, you know, once upon a time, they would send, like, Captain America to go fight Hitler in the comic while World War One was happening. I guarantee somebody at DC Comics wants to take the Suicide Squad and send them over to Afghanistan or Iraq or something like that. You know what I mean? Do you remember when, like, they did the whole thing with the Ayatollah and the uh, Death
0: of uh, Robin storyline?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So that, actually yeah. in my most recent uh the last miniseries that i did for the squad or actually it wasn't a miniseries i think it's a special and uh basically they have this guy who has been kidnapped of uh, this high american official who's been uh kidnapped and brought to the hague to stand trial for for war crimes and the squad is sent to to bring mm-hmm. back well that's cheney you know uh, oh. uh he, he looks a bit like Cheney. Oh, he God. talks a bit like Cheney. Also Rumsfeld. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so the squad's assignment is to invade the Hague, who are their allies in Belgium. You know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. the whole European Union are supposed to be our allies. So we're invading our allies right. to get back. You know, a, a guy who is a war criminal.
3: You know, it's just funny that back in your, your time running it, they would show Reagan's face fully, you know what I mean? They would draw him as cool as, as they can. Nowadays, you know, even like Obama or Trump or whoever the president has been, it's in shadow. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, it's a half
1: face, stimulus. yeah.
3: You can kind of see their hands. Oh, you can kind of tell it's Trump. Oh, you can kind of tell it's Obama, but why won't I, you show their I, face unless we're, <laughs> you know, he's hanging out with Spider-Man or something. And I'm like, stop doing that. I mean, they're public figures. Yeah, comic book. <laughs>
0: Because, yeah, but no pretty- yeah, there is a business reason behind it. They, you know, um, uh, they've gotten a little bit more conservative again and they don't want to alienate potential readers who might also be fans of a given president, be it um, Bush or, or Obama. So um, uh, they don't want to take that risk. Hmm. Uh, and I can understand it as a, as a business decision. Mm -hmm. but i i like to do it so i did
2: it yeah i I mean i I mean come on we're talking about the same company then instead of putting george bush in office we we elected lex Luthor. so (laughs) you know i mean that to me was i was like boy that's the biggest kind of middle finger that you can think of right there because i was like we're gonna elect a fictional person instead of have you in the office and he's he's a super villain he's horrible he's you know um so another question i want to ask you Uh, John yeah there you go uh, is that before you like when you were early in the comics or whatnot before you entered the industry you had a supporting character named after you in um, the I believe it was the daring new adventures of Supergirl
0: yeah Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, Paul Kupenberg who was writing lived across the street from me in Chicago and uh, I think they even named the same street Fargo and uh, he knew I was an actor type and loved comics. And this was before I started writing. The mm-hmm. comics so he decided to make me a character in it. Uh, and Johnny Ostrander was kind of a feckless uh, would be actor. Uh, and uh, so there, he was. and shortly after he showed up in, in Supergirl, after I became a supporting character. So uh, I started actually writing books. So eventually my supporting character disappeared I think the whole book disappeared eventually. You well, know,
1: um, on, on uh, actually, just real quick on that same yes note. Um, so one thing I read is that uh, a lot of people think that you killed Grant Morrison, uh, wrote him into <laughs> uh, Suicide Squad number fifty-eight.
0: Uh, hmm. How how true is if that? There's a I could undo. It would probably be that one. Um, Grant was never named it was just somebody called the writer and (laughs) (laughs) I did it to poke some fun uh, Grant had written himself into the end of Animal Man so I said okay now he's a DC character and DC characters are open to me so I'll put him into the suicide squad and kill him off that way he doesn't have to worry about, about how he'll be used elsewhere but yeah no I don't think from what I've heard Grant didn't take it too well you know, uh, and uh, no, I shouldn't have done it. It was not very professional. It was kind of fun. But, you know, if I had choice to do it again, I wouldn't. G- guys, we oh, interviewed the there. man who killed Grant Morrison. How great <laughs> is this?
3: It's, that, that should be the name of a movie, Drew. Like uh, the man who killed Don Quixote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, John, you you're During Suicide Squad, we are introduced for the first time to Oracle. And it's Barbara Gordon. Um, yeah. She's back to being Oracle again because DC was like, we need to go back and do that again and we'll come up with a way. Oh, the chip doesn't work. She needs to sit down. Great. Okay. You know, we got our we got our Oracle. And we have our back girl. They're two different people. But you you're, you were the first one to write that. What Did you always plan to use Barbara Gordon and involve her into this tech whiz character? Or was there somebody else in mind?
0: No. No, we weren't. Uh, uh, Oracle was something that Kim Yale, my late wife and I, and yes. Kim was writing the book with me at the time,
3: and Manhunter, uh, right?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, uh, and here too, I don't want to feel like yeah. I'm bashing on anybody, but we, Please. while while The Killing Joke is a very impressive piece of work, and I think the world uh, at, at Alan Moore, you really can't get better in terms of writing for comics, or maybe just uh, writing. So, He's a fantastic writer. Brian Baldwin, how could you not, you know, love just about everything he does? Mm. But we had problems with it and with the way that Barbara was treated in it. Uh, She gets, um, there's a knock at Commissioner Gordon's apartment door and she goes running to it giggling. Uh, What drove us nuts was there was no peephole on it. There was no chain on the door or any other safety devices. And there was no, and there were no guards. This is Gotham freaking city uh oh i forgot this is mature gotham fucking city and uh so with the commissioner of police not have any guards on his door or on his apartment but no she goes running giggling to it and then opens it and there's the joker and he takes a big fucking gun and shoots her mm-hmm. you know and uh, uh and they just the, revisited
3: that by the way in uh recent issues of batman um they just brought back the continuity of the Killing Joke. Oh, okay. Joker, right. the Joker series right now. Joker um, goes to Gordon and just like, hey, remember what I did to your daughter? So well, does the and, audience. And
2: and and also, John, just to let you know, it's still, it's. I mean, it's still a great story. I mean, I, I own a first printing, and it's amazing. Yeah. But it's still problems. I mean, I even made a meme off of it, and I showed it a few people. They're like, this is funny, but you cannot show this to everybody because people are still wishy-washy about the content and yeah. I wonder uh, Yeah, you know somebody yeah. in this chat had similar sentiments like that I wonder who because that wasn't Leo no, uh, no, <laughs> well, part of the whole
3: uh, women in refrigerators the, the the Robin one the Robin one Drew is so much funnier
2: well I know but it's just but I didn't create that one
3: okay, oh, I, I'm, oh, okay. I'm expecting
2: you to, to back me up because we work together but no I couldn't do that
3: so point I, being I, 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 I was just like I, I, I guess the humor, you know, humorous, I know, but this is
2: it's complicated, Ooh. yeah. But, um, no, I agree with you, John. It, it's a great story, but I can see why some people, even then, were like, This is intense. And in the fact that Alan apologized for it later, what? simply and then it was he, he backed his work up, but it was just like he didn't like what it
0: kind of ushered in, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, we knew that the Batman Ox really had no further intentions for using Barbara at all uh-huh. uh I mean maybe as a very background character but uh, her days as an active character in the DC was really over right so we asked for her and they said okay we aren't gonna use her uh-huh. and we decided, okay our rules were um given the angle of the shot that you see actually technically she should be dead uh but uh, uh, infection at the very least would have set in that would have you know taken sure. her life but mm-hmm. since she wasn't, uh, our thing was she's crippled, and she's going to remain crippled. We're not going to magically cure her. You know, what we want is for her to be in a wheelchair. Okay, And since she was no longer she couldn't be back or that sort of hero,
1: mm-hmm. we also,
0: uh, again, talking about continuity, part of Barbara's convoluted continuity was at one point, she was a computer whiz. So we said, okay, let's take her and make her a hub in terms of information. She'll have these Mm -hmm. massive computers. She has all these mad computer uh, skills. And we said, if we do her right, a lot of other writers are going to want to use her because she solves a big plot problem. Uh, Anytime uh, somebody in another book needs to find out something, well, okay, you gotta explain how they did it, maybe show how they did it. You know, mm-hmm. in this case, they could simply call up Oracle. She'd find the answer real quick and they could go on and beat somebody up, uh, which is a lot simpler for, for a lot of writers. And we were right. She became very popular for that reason with mm-hmm. other writers. And she became a, actually a mainstay of the of the D.C. universe mm-hmm. and um, also the um, uh, the challenge, the physically challenged community, uh, people who who are in wheelchairs who are who have other things uh they found someone who looked like them someone who acted like them someone mm-hmm. who faced it uh many of the same ch- uh, challenges when uh-huh. we did um uh, the year one for her in batman chronicles uh kim insisted that we take out a page and showing how when she left the hospital and she's being taken home by her father we spent a full page showing how difficult it was for her to get out of her wheelchair and into the back seat of the car something that you know all of us who are able um, just take for granted you know you could just get up there slide in but right. that's not easy when you when you have that problem when you have those uh, physical difficulties right. we got lots of uh, response from that community about that because a it was accurate and B, we weren't ignoring it. We weren't ignoring them. We weren't ignoring the difficulties of their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Barbara Gordon as Oracle actually went on, and I think at the time, certainly she was she was a better character and more interesting as Oracle than she had been as Batgirl up to that point. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not taking anything away from from Gail Simone, who I love, and I think is a wonderful mm-hmm. writer when when mm-hmm. she did Batgirl uh and others who did, who have done bad girl uh barbara mm. writers very well written uh, but i think that up until that happened you know, like, she was a more effective character as oracle and um also it's fun the way that we introduced her is uh we introduced her gradually so it was a couple months before you realized that oracle was in fact barbara gordon and that added something to it as well i think
3: I had a, a a oh, oh, I hear an echo.
0: Yes, I was about to say, like, are there more
2: people on this chat than I realized?
3: It's the ghost of everyone John killed off.
0: So, <laughs> that's, a of, that's a lot of bodies. I know. <laughs> no, I
3: do, uh, you went to a galaxy far, far away for a little while in Dark Horse Comics with uh, oh. Star Wars Legacy. I I freaking loved Star Wars Legacy. I thought it was such a bold attempt to do something so far away from continuity. But in the future, whereas everyone always keeps going into the past, um talk a little bit about that
0: well uh, I was doing some work for uh for Dark Horse at the time in Star Wars uh, along with Jan Dersema who is my artist and we were doing um actually at that point we were doing the Clone Wars um uh, uh that section along with the characters that we've created Quinlan Boss and uh, actually a whole bunch of characters what uh what I tried to suggest to Dark Horse when I came on writing is at the time they had, um, it was a rotating thing where you, you would have a different team of writers and artists coming in. And um, I suggested to them, A, first of all, have your own characters rather than sticking strictly with the characters uh, from from the films, because you can't control those. You'd have no control over those and you can tell a story with them, but you uh, but certainly can't control <laughs> any peril. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and then secondly, I said, Uh, look, whether it's me and Jan or some other team, have a regular team on there, because they will, uh, uh, if they're popular with the fans, they will draw fans in on a regular basis. And the number of people reading the book won't be contingent upon uh, 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 who is doing the book or what the story might be. You know, know, uh, the fans like a certain amount of consistency Mm -hmm. and trust on a monthly basis. And that's what keeps them there, I think or one of the things that keeps them alive. So um, anyways, it was drawing to a close. Uh, the uh, three prequel films were done uh, and uh, didn't look like they were gonna be doing anything more. Uh, so our time in that era was done. And um, I, uh, see, I'm with you, Chris. I don't wanna go back. I wanna, know, you know, like my storytelling thing, me as a reader, what I want to know is yeah what happened next mm-hmm. and then what happened. So uh, that's what I was interested in. And we and Jan and I talked and talked it over and we proposed you know just drop kicking it down the timeline right. to to another era, you know, building and using elements of the continuity so that people would know it was Star Wars, but sort of developing it further. If this happened, what would be likely to happen next? or given this situation uh or given this character then what happens mm-hmm. and so that's how we started to develop it for our main we wanted a skywalker certainly uh, uh and skywalker should have a lightsaber you know so we had Cade skywalker who is son a grandson i think we made it of uh, of luke yeah and, um and our basic thing was okay let's make him un- Han Solo with a with a lightsaber, you know. Make him scruffy. Make him roguish. Make him mm-hmm. make him a
3: jackass. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Basically, he's
3: not a nice character. He's like, I mean, he's like, he he. I mean, for God's sake, he dates like a Sith Lord. This thing, what I forget her name, Darth Talon, was that it? Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. One of the most popular, by the way, cosplays of all yeah.
0: time. It's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got uh, uh, just a side uh, thing. I was at a uh, Star Wars, con- one of the big Star Wars conventions. Mm. And a lot of people in cosplaying, there was really a stunning young woman uh, dressed as Darth Talon. Uh, and she was around the Dark Horse booth. I waited until the crowd thinned out. And I came up and smiled at her and said, hi, I'm your daddy. Oh my God. God. And she went, What? And I said, I created the character that you're doing. She went, Oh, you're so cute. Oh my God. (laughs) That's fantastic. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) And then they posted. For, for photographs with me. Uh, by the way, you know you've reached a certain age with the effect of young girls go, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> uh, well, uh, that is just the best. On, on
1: a similar vein, not not being a, a daddy, but for, for stor- Star Wars stories, um, what was your reaction when Disney went and said, okay, we're going to cut off the continuity here in... You know, everything before that is considered, you know, legacy or, or you know, non-canon. Uh, but now they're picking and choosing items to bring back into continuity. Damn it, Leo, I had the same question. Sorry.
2: No, it's fine. Yeah, just go.
0: Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I honestly don't care. You know, I, uh, I don't own the property. I don't control the continuity. Though The work Dan and I did is still out there. In fact, uh, uh, Marvel is reprinting a lot of it. Yeah. I now get royalties from that. So so that's that's fine by me, but I, I don't own the characters. It's out there. Is is it continuity? Is it not? We were lucky it was ever part of the continuity. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: out of your works, is there something that you would like them to bring back in uh, into say like the animated universe or, or um they're working on multiple movies now or additional movies? Oh.
3: Disney will never let Darth Talon appear in anything without altering that costume Leo are you kidding? they banned uh well, no, Slave no, girl. i yeah.
1: i'm I'm not saying exactly, but you know is there <laughs> i'm just saying is there any anything uh-huh. you would like them to to bring back
0: uh yeah actually there's a series that I didn't do with Jen called called Agent of the Empire which uh yeah. which I sold, which I sold uh, to uh Randy Stradley who was the editor asked me if I had anything else in the Star Wars universe. I said, Star Wars meets James Bond. And yes. from there, it's like simple. Uh, he has to work for the Empire because that's the thing that they would correlate to uh, uh, James Bond. But at the same time, he does, he's not necessarily evil. He, uh, he just doesn't know the truth behind all of it. And at one point, I was going to have him uh, find out the truth uh, and have to deal with that. But uh, I think that uh, that character would make a very interesting character uh, for uh, film, TV, animation, whatever they wanted to do. Mm. Nice.
3: What is a character you never got to write that you always wanted to? Because when, uh, when you went to Marvel, you worked a lot in the X universe, which is great. But uh, even and it doesn't have to be Marvel, and it doesn't have to be DC. Uh, is there somebody that you were like? I-, I wanted to write him. I wanted to do a-, a series. I have an idea for a story. You don't have to tell us what the story is, of course, but.
0: Well, um, I do have a Han Solo mini series uh, in the back you of my get head. Back
3: to D- Disney right now. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: Shut up and take this money. Uh, I, uh, I've always wanted like to a play
3: Suicide Squad player. Han Solo story. No. Okay. No.
0: no, no yeah, I, I can tell you when it's set. It's set. Um, it starts off with the ice planet Hoth, so it's between. Uh, episodes uh, uh, three and four, four and
3: five, four and five. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: Empire. It's Hoth. Yeah, yeah. Empire Strikes Back. So, it, so it happens before Empire Strikes Back. Oh,
3: so between three and four. Okay.
0: Yeah. Whatever. No, four and five.
3: No, you're
0: four and five. It. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Math. Uh, sorry, but uh <laughs> Damn you're George gonna University. lose your nerd credit if you don't.
3: Oh do my it. God, you're right. Oh <laughs> my God, I keep oh, yeah, saying Revenge the Oh,
0: jeez. One more mistake. We're taking a comic. <laughs> I mean, I, I I suddenly heard a half big emotion, emotion in the force as, as 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 though a thousand fans were screaming. I
3: know, at. yes. I'm sorry.
0: So <laughs> oh, um, love it. What was the question? I I, I no, no, it's okay. We got distracted. No, no, you, you want to do? <laughs> yeah, you're
1: talking about your hand Solo story.
0: Oh yeah, um, uh, simply it would it would take place there, and it would be a solo, uh, so to speak, story. Um, uh, and I don't want to go too much into it because you know. If they hear it and like it, they say, well, what do we need him for? Right, they <laughs> can do it. So. Fair enough. So uh, you always be careful as a writer. Don't tell your best ideas you, because it totally mean, up with you somebody must have
3: a, You must have like a literary person that could probably get you a line to Disney or, Mar- or Marvel Publishing to be okay. like, hey, John Ostander wants to write a solo miniseries.
0: I could probably get it there myself. You know, like, yeah.
3: so, okay. so maybe I'll I will. Buy that. I'll buy that. I'm not going totally to buy to that paperback. Yeah. Most of uh, these Star Wars because they're putting out so much Star Wars content and right now they have a thirty four frickin' part crossover for yeah. War of the Bounty Hunters, which is like, are you freaking kidding me with this? I, I buy Star Wars Invader and that's it. Everything else is like collected in trade paperback or I read it digitally. It's just too much Star Wars stuff from Disney right now. Yeah. And Marvel. Well, and and, mm-hmm. and Delray or uh, the publishing house that puts out the books. It's mm-hmm. like hard to keep up with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, they did something like that with uh, when they're doing the Yuuzhan Vong War as, as well. They tried to do that in comics and the books and
3: right. Yeah, the the I, new Jedi Order. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, I think even video games, if I recall correctly, as well. But um, so so yeah, I would like to do that. Uh, other characters that I might like to play with um i've always liked dr fate i i like doctor strange i like the demon you know all these kind of uh, Sweet. darker characters uh uh would be fun to play with uh but i can i can find something to do with those. i could probably tell a fairly good superman story Ooh. now having mentioned grant morrison once i'll mention him again saying he has done one of the best superman stories that I ever read so I don't know uh,
3: the all-star Superman
0: yeah 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 I don't know if mine would be so great but I think it's so
3: good and it was and it was uh they they turned it into a great I I I thought a pretty decent animated movie they cut out what they needed to cut out to fit fit it for time um they could do two films like they seem to be doing multi-part storylines as two films these days so if they ever redid that I don't want them to but uh yeah no it is a great uh film
0: Mm -hmm. well they just great
3: film and miniseries
0: Oh, I should mention, too, uh, when you ask what I, what would I like to do, this sort of brought me into Suicide Squad in the first place, because uh, Bob Greenberger, Robert Greenberger, uh, who's my contact at DC and was going to be my, my editor, uh, he and I had met at conventions, and I had been working over at First Comics, doing Grimjack and others, uh, he said, um, well, what would you like to do if you came over to DC? And I said, oh, I know a title that I'd love. Challengers of the Unknown, because that's one of the great titles in comics, Challengers of the Unknown. You know, he said, can't have it. Uh, somebody else has got dibs on it. He says, but but we got this other title, appeared in the Brave and Bold for five issues back in the 50s. Nobody's doing anything with it. And uh, it's totally open. You can do anything you want with it. It's called Suicide Squad. And I said, what a stupid name. <laughs> right. Who the right mind belongs to something that call the Self-Suicide Squad, and from there I figured out who might be the people who would and prisoners, in prisoner, and in DCU that means supervillains. Now we're talking fun, and mm-hmm. if you and I had watched uh, the Dirty Dozen relatively uh, recently before that, Dirty Dozen with supervillains, and maybe a touch of Mission Impossible. Now we got something. You know, uh, I just watched Magnificent <laughs> Seven again recently, and that too. You know, it involves you with characters and then kills them off, Mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, uh, so there's a tradition of that, uh, Uh, within storytelling
3: and i just watched um i haven't watched it i think since it was in theaters um connected to suicide squad because idris elba is in both as well as captain america he's he's in this movie or chris evans uh the losers movie also based on a comic book also based on a dc property i was just like this movie needs all the attention because it's got the actor plays the comedian the actor who plays captain america the actor who plays Bloodsport, the actress who plays uh gamora this is a comic book movie filled with comic book other property actors. You know? And your self also uh, Hemdale, the Thor films. And I was just like, this does not get the recognition deserves. This needs as much recognition as the Suicide Squad.
1: I, I don't... I think when it came out, the marketing wasn't really... It wasn't I, good. No, because... no,
3: and we didn't have the glutton of Marvel films just yet. They were starting with Iron Man, so that mm-hmm. had started, but we it wasn't ex- it wasn't like the way it is now, where it's just like Marvel's putting out four films a year and DC's putting out four well, films a well, year. They're putting out, what, five films next year? Holy cow. Well, I yeah.
1: I, I get that, but, you know, uh, being a geek like we all are, you know, or a dork or, or whatnot. Whatever uh, works. Yeah, it, it's, uh I didn't even hear about the movie until just, uh, like, about a year and a half ago. I mean, it just, it. It's... Well, keep
0: in mind, you know, like, also when Losers came out, it's, it's at a time when uh, the studios would make comic book movies but apologize for them, you know? It's like, yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't until, really, I mean... Certainly, uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, Dark Knight trilogy had got respect, but then when Kevin Feige P- came out and started really, you know, uh, doing this with the Marvel films and making them all a single entity and uh, doing them so well and getting such good people to do them, uh, cast, directors, everything, you know, uh, they were taking it seriously. And which brings us back to James Gunn. Uh, he did Guardians of the Galaxy. Took the property ser- seriously, but did things with it. And mm-hmm. he did the same thing with Suicide Squad. You know, you know, he loves. You know, I mean, he himself, yeah, yeah, he's got a bit of a nerd in him. Yeah.
3: And, so, uh, and he has to do Superman in a way with that, uh, um, Bright Brightburn or whatever it was. Brightburn. Yeah, yeah Brightburn. That was basically Superman. I mean, that, that is that is straight evil up Superman. Superman. It's Dark Superman. It's the evil Superman people complain about who are hardcore Superman fans. Um, you know, and of course now we're getting Injustice, the animated movie, which is going to, you know, I'm sure that's going to be as divisive as anything like Homelander or, or, um, uh, who's Invincible's father. I forgot his name. Omni-Man. Omni-Man. So, well, it's um, just that
1: they keep on reusing the evil Superman and, you know, it's, it's been a while since we've seen, you know, on, on, uh, video anyway, you know, what Superman's supposed
0: to be, you know, a blue boy scout, you know, it's, uh, well, the thing about Superman that uh, I always felt was that uh, he has these tremendous powers. Um, he's invulnerable physically, but what about emotionally? You know, and I think that's where the key lies. You know, is mm-hmm. that uh, uh, how does he feel? You know, uh, also what about the burden of being Superman? Right. And what about you know, you know, you have all these powers and you could do a lot, you could change a lot of things in the world, but maybe only by taking charge. How much of a temptation is there for him to do that? Right, Come I mean, and,
3: and, and Kingdom Come explored that. Like, okay, Lois died. Superman just went away. Yeah, he went. He he, he went and mowed a farm. You know, and, and that's a lot of more hardcore. Really, you know, more a, a lot of the Superman fans that I that I I love their opinions right. about the character say Back to that's really what Superman would do. Lois dies. Superman would just go away. He he wouldn't be like, oh, I have to take it out of the planet and show everyone why I'm you know, Homelander mm. and Omni Man. Mm-hmm. No, he would like. Go away. He'd be like, I'm done. The love of my life is dead. My parents are dead. I got nothing. Goodbye.
1: Well, everybody handles grief. And, yeah. It's, uh, everybody handles grief in their own way and it could be taken either way. You know?
3: Right. And I'm not saying yeah. that, you know, anyone who had a, that type of situation as Superman is, but we're just, we're, we're talking about the fictional character of Superman. I love the way Mark R- Wade wrote it, where Superman was just like, okay, this is the way you want to be. This is the way you're going to be. You can be led by the Punisher. I'm going away. <laughs>
2: so i i did have one question well i again still have a few but uh you know I'll right. give the others their time no no, um, fine. no i was so,
3: just about to okay. ask if anyone had any more questions so that's oh yeah time.
2: so um yeah john so the question is that you you were at dc at a time where you know writers are coming up with these ideas not knowing that they would be maybe a, a best-selling story or something influential you know so perhaps you sat at lunches with other writers and you bounced off ideas was there ever like a conversation you had? Like I, I remember, uh, I was reading a foreword in uh, in the collection of Alan Moore, and Klaus Janson was talking about how he was just sitting in at lunch, and him and uh, him, Alan Moore, and Frank Miller are eating lunch, and they're bouncing off ideas each other. It was it was amazing. Were you ever part of like a conversation where maybe like they discussed something that became huge or? you made a suggestion and then that came and then that became big like you know can't like conversations that I, like that
0: i can't say that i was you know I, I, uh, if i was then i've forgotten it um uh, mm-hmm. the conversations i would have maybe is is with the editors you know i like, respect right. to, when i would talk to them about what i was doing or intended to do uh, mm-hmm. and uh, just to get their idea their take on whether or not it was okay to go ahead with it right. but uh i mean I, I've met a lot of writers at different times uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and I admire you know a lot of get, people's work you, know, you, you mentioned Mark mm-hmm. Wade. I think you know, he's some remarkable amazing great you know, person so, but uh, no I can't yeah you know, don't forget i do, I did most of my work at home i uh, I rarely come right. into this meeting usually trying to cage one of my checks um, before they did uh, direct transfer and, um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes to, to maybe pitch something. But other than that, I wasn't around that much. Okay. So, so you also said
2: you brought up conventions and whatnot. So you really watched the evolution. I mean, they, I mean, I remember hearing about the first San Diego comic-con was in a cruddy hotel with Jack Kirby and, and a few other people. And now it's, it takes over a whole town for a weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, you've been to uh, more in than a convention.
3: Hollywood than in actual, the actual comic books. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, we're not going to get into that because he'll be on for another hour and we don't want to disrupt <laughs> that. Um, so No, that's all I have to say it, about. <laughs> yeah, but what, but what is it like when you're at a con and, you know, you meet fans like us, who we, we've we read the work, we you know, and whatnot, but what is it like when you see the characters you helped write and evolve and, and you see them in in cosplay? Like, how does that feel as a creator you know you're seeing someone you're actually like in some way meeting it almost feels like you're meeting the character for the first time so it's kind of like that Darth talent like i'm your dad hi yeah you know you look great thank you can i get a photo with you you know
0: yeah um look well, uh the early days when I was doing comic book conventions, there was no cosplay. Mm. Uh, but it's cosplay is something that a I've enjoyed a lot since uh, since it started up. And I also think I think cosplay has been good for comic book conventions. I think it's um, it's been it's a visual juge, you know. It's a uh, it pops things a bit, and mm. you see the characters walking around, and they stop and take pictures with with the kids, and the kids can get all excited about it uh, as well. I'm seeing more kids as a result uh, at comic book conventions, which I also think is very important because really i think if you don't get kids reading comics by the time they're 10 years old you're not going to get them right and uh i prefer to have people reading comics thank you so (laughs) uh uh, i think cosplay is a very good thing uh there there are people who uh who maybe don't feel as much as I do about it but uh, i've met a couple cosplayers not just to say who's your daddy but uh, (laughs) but they're they're very dedicated Mm -hmm. to craft and their skill and their artistry uh so uh I like them a lot, and I think they add a lot Mm -hmm. to conventions, to the excitement. Yeah, cool.
3: So, so, John, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to chat with you. Drew and I have a project that I will privately message you about that I uh, hope you will be interested in sharing some insight about. um, And I'll I'll get with you. uh, I'll I'll send you a private message about that later on. But something you you may you may find very interesting and want to contribute uh, to some information to us for
0: okay yeah
3: it's uh it's, it's about fun. creators and comics but uh certain types of creators and i'll, I'll explain it more in detail in, in private message okay Very cool cool um john do you have any uh do you have social media where fans can reach out to you do you have any yeah. conventions
0: you're going to be at coming up that is a good question uh, um i'm on facebook too much um aren't we all yeah agreed i don't tweet I, i've never really gotten into twitter yeah. stay away from oh, Twitter. Thank stay you. Well, well it, it is just real quick
1: uh, in the show notes, I put your Facebook and Twitter so people can follow you. But then, you know, I'm going through your Twitter and the, like your last tweet is like 2016. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, Facebook <laughs> but, is the way well, he goes,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, or Instagram. I don't, I don't Instagram be, uh, safer than Twitter. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah it's uh, uh I'm, I'm not gonna put it down i just i don't understand it very well i don't i don't really understand how to use you it. and me both sir yeah no,
3: no twitter can be complicated okay. I, it took forever to get on it and now i wish i wasn't
0: it, it, yeah. so i'm on facebook as i said too much uh, uh if you're going to drop by my page get used to puns cause I do a lot of oh food. my god i need to get on your page yes
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. fantastic uh,
0: yeah uh, yeah if i don't leave my audience groaning you know um mary mitchell who is my my partner uh she comes in she'll look at my puns and then look at me and go and i'll just laugh because if i get a groan out of her then i know that's that's, good that's awesome
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, definitely go follow them. Uh, I sent you a friend to request, sir. And, uh, I, I Same. Was re- I was reading your stuff. Absolutely love it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I know we are out of time, so we're going to wrap things up. Uh, okay. John, thank you so much for joining us this, uh, this afternoon. So, uh, Facebook, do you also do Instagram or is
0: it just Facebook? Nope, just Facebook. Awesome. Just Facebook. I, I waste enough time as it is. Sounds good. Yeah, I suppose at man. one point I may investigate Instagram, but the moment i do it he'll probably die uh
1: chris where do you like people interacting with you
3: uh radio horrors good place no show tonight this is sunday night when i usually do the show but the uh the weather has basically just taken the show out of me uh splash pages with you on tuesday we'll be there doing it uh covering suicide squad once again with tim seeley talking about the suicide squad as well as other projects in the dc pantheon and other things but uh uh, show I do with you and Drew, the spectacular Sal Bassema era podcast, and also my other uh, comic-related show, which is connected to Tim Seeley once again, uh, Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash podcast. I really gotta read that. Very cool. It's 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 fun if you're a horror fan.
2: <laughs> I am a horror fan, so that I'll add that to my list. All right. So, mm-hmm. uh, Drew. Uh, oh right. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm places. Uh, where you might find me, um, there, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I work with Chris, he's wonderful. <laughs> I, st- I still don't see what he sees in me because I feel like I could contribute nothing. Um, just ditcoing it for the ride. Uh, I'm, I work with him, I work with Leo, John, it's an honor. And uh, I feel like the awkward kid in the Brady Bunch. So, <laughs> yep, doing great. So, awesome. you're Marsha. Yep, totally Marsha in it. Marsha, have a Marsha, good one Marsha. kids
1: don't die yeah. uh, for me just google Leo Pond you find a bunch of stuff could be true could be not I'm not going to say which is which but make sure you follow John uh, you know you're going to love the stuff on his page uh, read more comics like we all should and uh, I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network uh, we have about 40 shows on the network a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff uh, matter of fact, these guys are on a network as well. So just follow everybody. Links are in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And uh, for shows, I do Creator Spotlight. Tomorrow we have Scott Schwartz, which was uh, the little kid that got his uh, tongue stuck to a pole in uh, Christmas Story. Yes. Uh- <laughs> Triple dog, Garum. Tuesday, we have Tim Seeley. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to be talking to D. Wallace on Token with the Dead. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, and there was uh, something else this week. Uh, but my mind is absolutely blown. I do too many shows. Uh, with that, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Yep. Mm-hmm.